Testament church is, is 50 days after Jesus was, was buried, resurrected, they prayed for 50 days. And on, and on the 50th day, the Holy Spirit fell upon the church. And they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. We still believe and we practice being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Why do we talk about that? I mentioned that in John 6, 63. Jesus said, the Spirit is life. You need life of the Holy Spirit. I need life of the Holy Spirit. And I'm really sensing what's going on. I was praying about today's message. I, I started writing up and I typed up an outline for today's message and, and it, was really just, it wasn't the right timing. And so really the Lord has laid on my heart that He wants to move you and I to a new level. Is that okay? He wants to move you from your dead, boring, faithless Christianity or your exciting Christianity to new levels. But it all depends on who? Us. And so partly what God has been speaking to my heart is, is that God needs to help, we need to allow God to take our flesh and say, God, my flesh is yours. You have control of it. So, so listen with your spirit, listen with your heart, listen with your ears today, listen with your mind, and listen to what God is going to say. So in Joshua chapter 5, Joshua chapter 5, verses 1 through 9, and this will build the premise of what we're talking about. Joshua 5, verses 1 through 9. Now when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites until we had crossed over, their hearts melted and they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelites at Gibeath Haraleth. Now this is why he did so. All those who came out of Egypt, all the men of military age, died in the desert on the way after leaving Egypt. All the people that came out had been circum- had not had not excuse me all that had come out had been circumcised, but all the people born in, in the desert during the, the journey from Egypt had not. The Israelites had moved about in the desert forty years until all the men who were military age when they had left Egypt had died, since they had not obeyed the Lord. For the Lord had sworn to them that they should not see the land that they had solemnly promised their fathers to, to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. So he raised up their sons in their place, and these were the ones Joshua circumcised. They were, they were still uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. And after the whole nation had been circumcised, they remained where they were in camp until they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you, so the place has been called Gilgal to this day. Let's just pray. Holy Spirit, we allow you to circumcise our flesh in the spiritual realm. We want, to, we want the reproach of our flesh removed. We want to be spiritual people following the Spirit today. And so, Holy Spirit, I submit my life to you. God, I submit my life to you. I want to be your vessel. And Lord, we as a church, hopefully we submit our lives to you because you're a great God and you do good things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, now, so in the medical realm, they still practice circumcision. Some of you may agree with it or not agree with it. Some of you understand what it is. If you don't understand what it is, look at your biology book, okay? Or if you look at a medical manual, but we'll, we'll talk about it at another time. Pastor, Paul said that circumcision was of no good. Well, that's right. Paul did say in Galatians 6.15, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is a new creation. And so what's happening, what we're talking about is a circumcision of the heart of saying, God, I, I, re, I relinquish my flesh to you that I'm a spiritual being. Because every one of you are a triune being. Did you know that? You're not the Trinity, but you're a triune being. You have, you have body, you have emotion, and you have spirit. Okay? And in your life, every day, your body, your emotion, and your spirit are fighting for control. Some of you this morning, your flesh was fighting you not to come to church today. You know what I'm saying? The alarm went off. It was nice and warm in bed. And, right? Some of you, your emotion was funny. I've got all this stuff. Your mind was, I've got all these things. I don't have time for church. Some of you, your spirit said, I've got to be with God's people. I need to worship, so I'm going to be there. And so in your life, every day, are these three, these three parts of you battling for control of your life. Now, the thing about being a new creation and circumcising your flesh is you put them all in order. Your spirit is in charge, then your mind and your emotions, they all flow. Your, your body all flow as the spirit leads them. Okay? So you follow me? If you're not, just act like you just smile. Okay? Because you'll see what I'm going to talk about in a second. All right? So, so Jeremiah 6.10, listen to this. Jeremiah, this is out of New King James. To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Indeed, their ear is uncircumcised and they cannot give heed. Behold, the word of the Lord is a reproach to them. They have no delight in it. In other words, the Bible says, and you hear me say this often, faith comes by hearing, right? And hearing by the word of 
God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so in other words, what happens is you and I, there's such a, a, a plethora of information through the internet, through TV, through newspaper, through media, through Facebook, through Twitter, through all that stuff. You and I are being inundated. We're being bombarded every day by information. And the issue is, the thing is, is if we're not careful, all this stuff begins to, to make us who we are. And it's good and bad. But what happens is if we do not continue to receive the Word of God, we lose our faith. And we begin to become fleshly people. We're run by the news. We're run by whatever. We're run by everything that we hear if we're not filling up our spirit. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so what happens is we become uncircumcised. We become fleshly. And so God is saying to the church, He's saying to you this morning, He's saying to me, in order for us to go to the next level of spiritual growth, we must give our flesh to God to circumcise it. Our spiritual realm and say, God, my flesh should not control my life as much as the Spirit. Does is this making sense to you? You are a spiritual being. Say, I am a spiritual being. Okay, so you have spirit. And your spirit needs to come alive. Your spirit is in you crying out for you to lift your hands during worship. But some of you are afraid. Your spirit is crying out when you see, when you see injustice in the world. Your spirit is crying out. Something needs to be done. Amen? Your spirit cries out sometimes when the Holy Spirit is drawing us during the worship time, the message, and the altar. But sometimes some of you are fearful and think, well, I don't want to be emotional. Your emotions are part of your spirit as well. And your intellect, it's all part, but it needs to be lined up. So what's, what I want to talk about this morning is this. It's not physical circumcision, but I want to talk about spiritual circumcision. In, in, in Joshua chapter 5, verse 9, it says that, it says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I've rolled away the reproach of Egypt. I've rolled away the flesh, and now you are my people again. Circumcision was a physical mark upon the people of Israel that they were set apart. You see, as Christians, we should be different than the world. And what I'm going to say in a few moments is going to get some of you very upset. It's going to bug some of you. And I'm going to say, thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing your job then. What I'm going to say is going to encourage some of you. What I'm going to say this morning is going to challenge all of us to say, God, we want to be spiritual people, not fleshly people. Remember John 6.63. Write that down. 6.63. It says, the spirit is life. The flesh counts for nothing. You see, you're going to die and your flesh is, going to, is just going to dry up and go away. Do you understand what I'm saying? But your spirit's going to live forever either in heaven with God or in hell for judgment. I pray that your spirit is alive with, with God in heaven. And so this fleshly world, uh, in fact, this morning we were getting ready um, and I was bending down and, and combed my hair and my wife said, wow, you really lost a lot. And I'm thinking, wait. She said, no, your, your hair is starting to come out. <laughs> You're starting to lose a lot more hair on the back of your head. And so I thought, let's praise God, my flesh amounts to nothing because I'm dying. I am getting older. I'm only, I'm only 46. I'm young, but I'm dying. My flesh is going to die, but my spirit's going to live forever. And so I don't want this flesh to control my life. I want to be in charge of my life through the Holy Spirit. And you see, too many people in our world, they live by the flesh. They're, everything, the, 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 everything the world tells them to do, they fall in line to that without even thinking about it. And that's scary. That reminds me of Nazi Germany. That if you just hear and you do everything the world says, that eventually you just become a robot to them. And God is calling the church to be different. We're to be different. We're not, to, we're not to get stoned like them. We're not to get drunk like them. We're not to curse like them. We're not to act like them. We're not to lie and cheat and do all the things that they do to be accepted by them. We're to be different. Amen? Oh, Pastor, I didn't come to hear that. You came to hear what God has for you today. Amen? And I believe a new generation of Christians must reestablish or, or establish a covenant with God. Some of us, we've been Christians for a long time, but it's time for us to reestablish that covenant, saying, my flesh is not in charge of me anymore. The world is not my God. CNN and Fox News don't tell me my beliefs. Amen? The Democrats and Republicans don't tell me how I believe. I believe in Jesus. Amen? Come on, amen? Are you hearing me today? We are Christians first and foremost. And God is saying, I want to bless you and move you to a whole new spiritual realm. I will bless you financially, spiritually, emotionally, relationally. But you have to submit your flesh. You have to let go of the fleshly desires that are killing you or making you just blah. And God says, I want to pour something new into you. I want to make a new thing. 
But you see, the uncircumcision of our, of our spirit, of our lives, keeps us from following God. Are you ready? Are you ready? Holy Spirit, would you make us ready right now? So what is an uncircumcised Christian? Letter A. What is an uncircumcised Christian? This is our Christians wandering in the wilderness. Now, there are two generations that was, was talked about in the New Testament. The first was the, the generation that was rebellious. They didn't believe God, so they had to wander the desert until they died. I don't want you to be that person wandering in the desert because you're rebellious. Well, I'm not rebellious, Pastor. The next generation was the younger generation. And they had not been taught some of the ways of God. And you see, we have churches full of young and new believers who are not being discipled because you and I are too busy. Gulp. I'm busy, Pastor. i got a job. Everyone in this room pretty much has a job. Everyone in this room is busy. But we're to take the new generation and lead them in the ways of God. And part of it, if you, if you look at the story of Israel, when, when they left Egypt, when they left the slavery of Egypt, they were... They were they were led every day by God's presence. The fire by night and the cloud by night. So they, they followed the Lord. And you see, you and I have to be led by the Spirit throughout our day. And we have to teach our kids, we have to teach young believers what it is to be led by the Spirit. Amen? And so it is your job and my job to help. So what happens is, in Christian churches, we have a rebellious generation that's wandering around in their flesh, living their own lives. And then we have a new group of people that maybe they're young in the Lord or they've never been taught and so they're uncircumcised. And God is saying, I want to circumcise, I want to take the flesh away so that I can move them into the promised land. And God is saying, and I believe He's calling you and I in this church, and He called the church in America to be circumcised again. To spiritually be circumcised so that we're following the Spirit of God and not political correctness. The Spirit of God and not political agendas. The Spirit of God and not just this free gospel that makes you feel good and, and blesses you and you'll be a millionaire if you buy my book. That's not what God always plans. Those things are nice, but God wants you to grow. He wants you to be, he wants you to be ready. Because I have people tell me all the time, emailing me, Pastor Stan, the economy is going to crash, this nation is going to be divided. And I said, you know what? I don't have time for that. I have to get this church ready for if that time comes. Because the economy could crash. We could have a global war, meltdown. Now, all that stuff could happen. That's why you need to be spiritually filled and spiritually led. Because my Bible says in the book of Psalms that the children of God do not have to beg for seed or bread. That if we're following God by the Spirit, you see, when there was famine in the Bible contest, God always took care of the faithful ones. And if our economy crashes, our country goes and becomes another country, is we have to follow God. God forbid that we become a... I love this country. I'm, I'm honored to be a, a citizen of this country. But I'm a citizen of heaven first and foremost. And you and I, we've become enamored by the, with the things of the world more than we have by the things of God. We're too concerned about the things of the world. And God is saying, this world is temporary. Don't love it anymore. Because it's going to leave you dry. It's going to leave you empty. Amen? Some of us are wandering around because we're, we're not in the Spirit. We're just... We're, we're, so, so there's another group, letter B. Uncircumcised Christians are, letter B, are those that are enamored with the Word, but they're not open to the Holy Spirit. What do I mean by that? They love preaching. They love when the pastor preaches and they get all excited. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> I don't preach like that. Or, 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 or so, so they get on the TV. And I mean, I thank God for TV. I thank God. For, I mean, I can watch a teaching every second of my life. But the problem is we become intoxicated with the teaching. We're not obeying the teaching. We, we love it when the pastor has a good word. Or we love the good illustrations. And we love the good books. I'm reading Christian books every day. But if I'm not doing anything, anything with that, it's just it's a waste of time. And you see, we have in the United States and, and probably other countries, we have people that are they're enamored with the Word. They're enamored by good preaching. They're enamored by a pastor that jumps around and, and shouts and hollers and, and the worship is rocking or powerful. They're all enamored by that, but then they go out of church not changed because they're not open to the Spirit of God anymore. You see, we have churches full of people in America. Wait a minute, Pastor Stan. I, I love the Word of God. That's right. We're to love the Word of God. We're to seek after God. But we're to seek after the one who wrote the Word first. The Word of God leads us to the writer of the Word. And too many churches have become enamored with the Word and not obeying the Word. 
or the preaching of the Word, or the learning of the Word. Oh, if we had, Pastor, if we had better Bible studies, if you would preach better sermons, if we had better worship, no, I would say we need our flesh to be circumcised. And we need to obey the Word then. Amen? Amen. This is good preaching. You see, what happens is if when you're enamored with the Word, either a couple things can happen to you. A couple things. Two, I'll talk, there's a few more. But either you can become, you can become legalistic or liberal. I'm not talking liberally politically, but maybe... But what I'm talking about is legalistic to the point that you have to, you have to, the, the Sabbath is on, it starts on Friday night until, until Sunday night or Saturday night. We're not to do anything. And so kids, we're going to stay at the house. Shut up and sit down. We're, we're going to read the King James Bible until you memorize it. And that's awesome. We're going to sing, worship, and hymn until we're worshiping. Come on. Legalism, a person you can't you you can't have one inch over the law, or you're going to go to hell. Now, on the other end, people that are enamored with the word are those that what I'm called liberal in the sense that, hey, man, God loves everybody, and and because I love His word, I can do anything I want. I can lie, I can steal, I can cheat, I can call, I can call wrong, right? But hey, God loves us, so hey, the word of God just there, you can kind of change what you want. So what happens when we're enamored with the word and we're not living by the word? It kills us if we're not allowing it to be a part of our lives. If we just hear it and not do it, if we're, we're enamored. So you have two groups in, in America. And you see, you see people are in our church culture today, they're very legalistic. You have to obey and you have to do. And then you have another group that are basically, they're kind of throwing the word out and saying, hey, whatever you want to do, it's okay. And we're seeing that with the whole marriage thing where they're trying to, they're trying to redefine what God has, has done. Now let me tell you this. God's word can stand by itself. Congress can outlaw it. People can burn it, but the Word of God is living, it's active, and it will always change lives. Amen? So you don't need to worry about that. You just need to allow it to work, to, to work in you. Amen? And so what happens is they don't, this group of people, they, they might love sermons, they might love Bible studies, they might love hearing about end times, they might love about this and that, but the problem is they don't obey the teachings they proclaim. James chapter 1, 22-24 says this, Do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves, but what? Do what it says. If you are a follower of Jesus, you're going to do what the Bible says. Amen? Amen. Come on, church. Amen? Amen? Anyone who listens to the Word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. And you see, the Word of God is going to change us. It's going to help us. It gives us life. It, it, it makes us. Well, Pastor, I'm open to the Word of God. Good. If you're open to the Word of God, you're going to be open to the Spirit of God as well. Because the, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit are all one. And the Holy Spirit inspired the people when they wrote the Word. Amen? So allow the Word to speak to you. Allow the Word to give you life. Amen? So being open to the Word means you're open to the Spirit's direction. You see, we feel safe with the Word, but many of us are fearful of the Holy Spirit. We're fearful of lifting our hands. We're fearful of speaking in tongues. We're, we're fearful maybe if the Holy Spirit takes a little bit longer in the worship time. And I'm challenging, man, there's going to be life in us when we just release and say, God, I'll, if, I, if it takes worship all day, there's going to be life in that. I mean that. If we're just saying, I, so what happens is we're open to the Word, but we're not open to the Spirit. That, so that means you're enamored with the Word, but you're not open to the Spirit. And God wants to lead you by His Spirit and the Word. Amen? The Holy Spirit will never lead you to something that's outside the Word. Do you understand that? He will never, the Holy Spirit will never make you do something contrary. Now, there has been abuse in churches of people doing weird and strange things because they do get a little emotional. And so what happens then is we don't want to be emotional. And you can be emotional. It's okay. Amen? Let me move on. Number C. Letter C. An, an uncircumcised Christian is, is a Christian that has let their flesh grow back. These were people that were on fire for God, but their flesh, Lee Hablets, has come back. We're putting things into our lungs and our temples that kill us. We're, still, we're becoming angry, becoming bitter, gossip or complacent or whatever. We're, we're allowing our flesh to control our lives. And God is saying, don't do that. Let me pull that reproach off of your life. Amen? Are you following me? So here's some areas. Are you ready? Here's some areas that need to be circumcised. Number one, letter A, is un uncircumcised ears. Your ears. Your, your ears need to be circumcised. 
In other words, sometimes the Word of God is preached at this church or, or preached at another church and it just bounces off your ear because your ear is all day listening to Fox News and CNN and the Post and the Times and you're, you're, you're so full of the world system that the Word of God can't even penetrate there anymore. Because all you're doing and you're listening... And I think it's interesting because I, I ride my, my mountain bike in, in my neighborhood on the trails and I think it's interesting because I'm, I'm coming along behind someone and, I'm, and they're, they're way down and so they're, they're just kind of like, they're jogging, you know, like was, one time this lady was jogging down the path, you know, she was doing this I'm like, and I'm like kind of trying to go behind her and, and so I'm t- sometimes I'll say to them, I'll say, hey, I'm on your left, I'm on your left or I'm on your right, I'm on your right and they don't hear me one bit and then I have to go around the grass and I'm like, oh, like they shake and they freak out because I pass them, I said, sorry and I look and I see they have these little earphones in and they didn't hear me say, hey, I'm on your left, I'm on your right, I'm on your left. And you see, what happens is we're like that in life. We're going along in the news and the music and all the world, the media is telling us what to do. And we're all over the place. And God is saying, left, left, right, right, left, left. But we've got these earplugs called the flesh in. Because we're listening to everything the world's telling us. And we're not listening to the Spirit anymore. And so God is calling the church back, cut the flesh out of your ears. You see, the Word of God is life. I, I, I love reading other books. I love watching sometimes TV. I love being entertained and watching sports, God's football team, the Denver Broncos. I love watching you know, things like that. But I also say, God, I've got to be in the Word. I've got to listen. I need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so God is saying, cut the flesh out. Now, another part of is when you get older, deafness sometimes comes because of people putting earphones in. Remember, remember we had the, some of you remember the boom boxes? Remember that? And then we had, you had the Sony cassette. Remember the Walkmans? The, and so I, one of my friends, I've talked about this before, his name is Jim. I'm not going to give his last name because now the internet people can listen in. And so, so Jim would have his earphones and they would be so loud. I mean, you're like, and the same thing. Sometimes I'm on my bike, on my people, and I can hear their music and I'm coming up on them. I'm thinking, wow, you're blowing your ears out. And so that loud country music you listen to, not only, I mean, ugh. anyway, not only that, but it's, it's blo- and saying, well, I don't listen to that. I listen to hip-hop. That hip-hop also can burn you out. You're, the loud class, I mean, if you, if you put loud stuff in your ears, you, you kill your hearing. And so, after a while, when we're, we're constantly allowing the world to blare into us, blare into us, we become deaf to the Holy Spirit. We become deaf to the voice of God because we're allowing it just to blare into us. And so you and I need our ears either healed or circumcised. How can, you, how can you tell if you need your ears uncircumcised? Are you ready? Here's a couple things. How can you tell if you need your ears uncircumcised? The preaching of the Word no longer moves you to action. The preaching of the Word of God is boring to you. Bible study means nothing to you. When you read your Bible and it means nothing to you, you need your ears circumcised. Here's another thing. Here, here's another way to find out that your ears need, need to be circumcised. Praise and worship during service annoys you instead of leading you into God's presence. Think about that. Because what it's saying is, is our flesh is annoyed by the things of God. It, it's true. Our flesh combats the Word of God. It combats the presence of God because it wants to be in charge. And so a lot of times, sometimes I come into worship, not here very often, but I do. I come in and I'm annoyed at something. And I can't even worship. And it's my flesh. And so I'm always praying, God, prepare my, prepare my spirit. Flesh, you submit to God. And so sometimes, I've I, I probably mentioned this to you, but in my last church I had two board members. <laughs> they were on at different times. But, but both of the board members, they would, they would, during the worship time, let me show you what they used to do during worship time. I'm going to walk in the back because this is what they would do. You have to look back, okay? You can still hear me. So they would sit in the back during the worship time like this. And so what happens is they were missing out on God. You see, because worship time is part of the service. Worship ushers your spirit into the presence of God. And so when you come to a worship service and you're doing the same thing and you're saying, where's the preaching? Where's the preaching? You're missing everything God is doing. Because what He's doing is preparing your heart. He's preparing your spirit. 
And it amazed me because, but I mean, one of them, he, he, I mean, they both love God, but they would just, one of them said, I hate music. I was like, well, that's too bad because God loves music. <laughs> he made music. And I said, you've got to be free. And over time, you begin to free up a little bit. But when you and I are annoyed by worship, now I know it can be loud sometimes, I understand that. We're all working and trying to make it so it's not loud. But if praise and worship annoys you, you're missing out being led in the presence of God. Here's a couple other more things that, that shows that your ears need to be circumcised, is that you'd rather watch TV than come to church or Bible studies. That you are more concerned about what's on TV than you are concerned about what God is doing. I mean that. That, that coming to church is not, is not something you commit to anymore. It's just something, well, I just go when I, if I have nothing else better to do. It should always be, we go to church all the time, and on occasion we do other things. Amen? I know I'm sounding a little old-fashioned and fuddy-duddy, but we need to be with God. We need, we need to commit to that. Amen? Listen, listen to what God is saying right now. There, I'm just the vessel, okay? I, I'm nobody. But I'm telling you, God is, has, through me and other pastors and other preachers, He has given me some pretty powerful messages since I've been the pastor of this church. And sometimes those words, just like I said, just bounced off because you and I aren't ready for them. And so I'm asking that you allow God to, to prepare your heart and take away the flesh from yours. The second thing is an uncircumcised mouth. An uncircumcised mouth. James chapter 3, verses 9-12 through 12 says, With the tongue we praise the Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing, my brothers. This should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. So, so, so for us to know that we need our mouths circumcised, if this is a group of people that continue to curse and tell raunchy and sometimes even racial jokes. As a Christian, we shouldn't be talking like that. Amen? As a Christian, you should not be cursing on a natural, everyday basis. Hey man, bloop, 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 bloop. I love God. Bloop, 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 bloop. No. That should not be your life. The Bible says, don't curse. Let, 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 let that stuff come out of your mouth. Amen? Are you following me? A person that needs their mouth circumcised likes to criticize everyone around them. I can be critical. So can you. And when I start getting to that point, I'm saying, Lord, take control of this mouth. Because it's out of line. <laughs> this mouth is out of line when I'm criticizing everybody. Wait, there's more. <laughs> if your mouth, you're constantly complaining. The stupid church. The stupid government. My stupid boss. My stupid spouse. My kids. And if you're constantly complaining, your mouth needs to be circumcised. Amen? Amen? You need to think of all the great things God has given you. Amen? He's given us so much more. You see, we need our mouths open. Wait, there's still more. The uncircumcised mouth person is the one that they're negative about everything. You know, hey, it's a great day. Wait till later. You know, you know, you know what I'm talking about? You ever gone to son? How's it going? It's going all right. You know what I'm talking about? And you and I go like that. How are you doing? Oh, I could have been better. And sometimes I say, you can be dead too. You think I'm kidding. On a rare occasion, I will do that. Because I want to see their reaction. I said, things could be off, worse off. Yeah, that's true. You could be dead. You could be in the hospital with some disease eating away at your body. Yeah, I guess that's true. And so when you and I are always negative and pessimistic and griping, wait, there's still more. <laughs> I'm not done yet. The Holy Spirit's not done. You see, when our words, they divide instead of building up, well, I just like to speak the truth, Pastor, so you just better get with it. You know what? Sometimes the truth also is love and uniting. Well, that's just the way it is. We grew up and we just told the truth. But it was cutting. It was divisive. And that doesn't always have to happen. Jesus didn't always cut. He didn't always beat up people. He encouraged. He lifted up. He, he brought healing. Do you see what I'm saying? You have to have some balance with your truth. Amen? Wait, there's still some more. <laughs> you see, when you, if you, here's a sign that you need your mouth circumcised, is if when you leave work or church or your family, there's a trail of hurt, broken, or divided, confused people. 
in your path. If when you've left work, more people are divided, then you need to circumcise your mouth. Amen? You see, some are saying, well, Pastor Stan, I'm praying, I'm seeking God, but God isn't working in my life. And part is because you're cutting everybody and everything with your mouth. You're griping about everything. And you're... In fact, I was telling Shelly about this, and it really offends me. And you may not agree with this current president. You may not agree with the past president. You may not agree with the, the, the president. And I, I mean, I, I don't totally agree with any president, even if I voted for him or her, him or not. But I really don't like it, and it's wrong for us to badmouth the politicians to the point that we curse them, and we, we, we say belittling things about them. And on my way home, when I go home, uh, there's, I, I get off 270 to go to Urbana, and there's a sign, and I'm not going to tell you what it says, but it's a very bad sign. And they flip some words around and it, you're, you're a smart person. You can, you can see what it says and it's not, it's not very nice. And they don't like President Obama. And that's okay if they don't like him. But to publicly say something about their leader like that is wrong. And to publicly say stuff about your boss when he or she's not there is wrong. Now if you have an issue and you're like, if, you're, if your boss is like Satan's son or like, you know, an offspring of Hitler, then you probably should look for another job. Okay? Unless God's called you there to see that person saved. Then you should rally people and you should pray and you should talk to that person directly. Amen? But we, we're just too easy with our words this morning. James 3, 5 and 6. I've got to move on. It says, Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great force is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also fire. A world evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person. Sets the whole course of his life on fire and itself set on fire by hell. You see, your words can cut you and your family and your church and it can cause your spiritual life to go away. Church, we need God to circumcise our mouths. Amen? The third thing, let her see, I'm moving, I'm moving towards the end, let her see, is an uncircumcised heart. Basically, this is the person has let the clutter of life build up around them. The worries of the world, the stress of life around them, the busyness of life is keeping God from flowing in and out of their lives because they're overwhelmed. by the. I think I saw something in the post either today or yesterday about how we have so much stuff and it's keeping us from living lives freely. We're so concerned about all this stuff and all these things that we've got to deal with. Do you remember what it was like before Twitter? Before Facebook? Before the internet used to keep you up all night? You remember that? Do you remember that? Some of you, yeah, I remember that. Do you remember, and, I, and I talk about this. Remember when the TV only had three, four channels? And at midnight it all went off? Do you remember that? I long for those days sometimes. And you see what happens is we, we start getting worried about the... And I don't have time, but Luke 8, 11 through 15. In fact, I'm going to read part of it. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along with the path are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on, on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy with them, and they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in this time of testing they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. And you see, the uncircumcised heart is a person that begins to make excuses for fulfilling their flesh. They begin to make excuses for, for not being what they used to be spiritually. They begin to be enamored by the things of the world more than the things of God. This person possibly had some unfortunate, hurtful incident happen to them. And now they're never going to open their lives up again. I was burned by another person at work or church or home. I'm never going to be burned again. And that's bad. You, you, you do need tough skin that feels, but you need to be open to the Holy Spirit because God works through people around us. Amen? This is a person who is constantly offended by everything. When your heart is offended by everything, then you need it circumcised. Amen? We are such an offended people in this day and age. And offensive as well. Friends, we must allow God to cut away the flesh. I need to move on, so I need to go on. So letter D, before we take the promised land, we must circumcise our flesh. I believe God is calling this church, maybe this is not your church, I believe God is calling you, I believe God is calling the church in America and the world to a point of a Gilgal experience where we have to circumcise our flesh. 
in the spiritual realm. We have to say, God, I need to give my flesh to you so you can have life in me. I believe we're going to have an altar time. I believe, excuse me, many of us need God to do spiritual surgery on on our ears, our mouths, our hearts today, our eyes. You see, Satan has, listen, as the enemy of our souls has no real hand-to-hand weapons that can destroy us. But what he does to destroy us is he tempts us. He tries to corrupt us. He tries to deceive us. He tries to divide us. He tries to persuade us. And if we're, if we're in the flesh, he's going to win every time. We're going to fall to everything of the world. But if we're not, and we're in the spirit, we're not going to fall as much. We will we'll be less likely. You see, Jesus triumphed over Satan. Remember we talked about that. He rolled away the stone. Jesus gave you victory by nailing your sin to the cross. You don't have to be subject to your flesh anymore. You can be a spiritual being. Amen? But some of us have fallen back. We've allowed the flesh to take control of our lives. Today you need to take control of your life. I say, flesh, I command you to submit to Christ today. In a few moments, I'm going to give you time to pray that. I believe God wants to bless your life beyond all measure, but you have to submit your flesh this morning. You have to submit, submit your worries, your anxieties, the things that are troubling you. You have to let those go today. Amen? Today we will have a Gilgal experience. We will have a time where you and I can move. Here, here's, here are just a few signs, because I'm running out of time and I don't have time. But here's a few signs, number three, of openness to the Holy Spirit that will bring spiritual circumcision. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19-22 says, 19, Do not put out the Holy Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. So we're to avoid the evil of the world because it corrupts us. How many of you love it when your computer gets corrupted with malware and bad files? And you see, it's the enemy doing the same thing. He's, he's interjecting stuff in your life every day to corrupt you. And so God is saying, don't be corrupted anymore. Leave the evil of the world. Be right in my sight through the Holy Spirit. You don't have to be morally right in your own eyes. Allow God to do it. Amen? But here's some signs. Listen, just go, let me move on. Here's some signs of not being open to the Spirit. Okay? A couple things. I'm just going to move along here. The first is, is, is some believers believe that the prophetic Word of God only comes through preaching. In other words, the gifts of the Spirit have died when the last apostle died. That is false. And they might pull out Corinthians and say, well, love, you know, and, and, and all that stuff, childish things have gone. The, 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 the God of the universe is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. His spiritual gifts are still active today. Amen? And God wants to flow in the Holy Spirit. God wants tongues, interpretation, word of knowledge, gifts of healing, prophecy. He wants to work in that, the discernment. But not only here, but in, in your life, at home, in the workplace, in the streets, in the neighborhood. He wants the gifts of the Spirit to flow. But what happens, though, let me tell you, is, is we want dignified Christianity. That means we're not open to the Holy Spirit. Well, I don't want to roll on the floor. I don't either, but if the Holy Spirit tells me to go on the floor, I will. There's been times when I've been knocked out in the Holy Spirit on the floor. Not rolling around, foaming at the mouth, because that's typically demonic. When I, not barking like a dog, no. But sometimes the power of God is so powerful. You look at the Scripture where people had fallen in the presence of God. And you and I are like, well, I can't do that. I just got my hair done. Oh, I, I, might, I might mess up something. It's the God of the universe. You're to bow your knee to Him. You're, you're to be willing to drop on your face before Him. Amen? But we're, we, we want dignified Christianity. So, so we're afraid of the, the move of the Spirit. We're afraid of... We're afraid of when, when sometimes I try to slow the service down so that we'll wait on the Holy Spirit. And I say, well, let's wait on God. And so sometimes we're nervous because like, He might speak something to me. It's good then. Right? It's good that we allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. It's good that someone will speak in a tongue and a term, or just a word of knowledge or a vision. That's a good thing. You see, see some Christians are enamored with the Gospel. And that's awesome. And they're willing to give their lives for it. But they're unhappy when the manifestations of the Spirit happen. And they, they denounce that. And that, that's not being open to the Spirit. You see, some Christians, well, they're keen about the fruit of the Spirit, but they're, they're afraid of the gifts of the Spirit. You, you, you're going to want both. You're going to want the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. Amen? You, you want both of those doctrines because that proves that you're spiritually alive. Are you doing all right? Some love doctrine, teaching, 
and whatever stimulates the intellect, but they're suspicious of emotion. There are times when your emotions, you're going to come into worship and you're going to bawl. There's going to be times when you're going to be happy. There's times when you're going to be quiet. There's going to be times when you leave the service, you're going to be charged up. There's times when you're going to feel empty. There's going to be times when God has really been dealing with you about something or God has helped you and healed you. And so we are emotional beings. You can't just kill all your emotions. The Spirit also works on our emotions as well. And so you've got to allow that to happen. If you're fearful of that, then you're, you're afraid of the Holy Spirit. You see, some people, they're excited about public worship as long as it focuses on what they think public worship is about. And I'm telling you, church, God keeps telling me He wants to do new things. I love our music. I love hymns. I, I love, but I, I, I'm telling you, I want God to take over our services so that when, when you're pulling the parking lot, you can just sense the power of God here. And that we just come in and we worship all day or we're on our face for the Lord all day or there's preaching going I mean, one time Paul preached from morning to night and this guy fell out of the window and died. And he's like, Pastor, don't preach that long. And then Paul raised him from the dead. And, and it glorified God. And you see, we, we, we want this dignified Christianity that we're out of here by 12.15 at the latest or whatever, or we come in and we roll in late. Don't do that. Come in when you get here sooner than, than later. Amen? Be hungry for God. Amen? Let me move on. Letter B. In fact, 1 Corinthians 12, 31, it says, But eagerly desire spirit, the greater things, the spiritual gifts. Ephesians 5.18 says this. Ephesians 5.18 says this. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. You see, I don't know how many of you, maybe, some of you maybe still do this, I hope you don't do this, but some of you, you've drank yourself into oblivion that you, the next day you woke up and you regretted what you did. The Holy Spirit doesn't do that to you. You see, some of you drank yourself and the next day you woke up and vomit. Wasn't that cool? That was awesome, right? Or maybe, sadly, you, your car was wrecked. You see, the Holy Spirit doesn't do that to you. Or you woke up with, with a headache. Remember I told you about when I was going to Colorado State University as a freshman there, and, and on Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings, the guys, that I, they were partying, there. I'd have to step over their puke and their beer cans and the bottles. I'd step over the pizza. So, you know, I'd just get up in the morning and I'd slam the doors, you know, Whistling loud, like, Stench! Knock it off! I thought, well, you had a good time, and you, yeah, I did, but today... <laughs> Holy Spirit doesn't do that. When He fills you, you're not a fool that goes out and kills people or throws up. You're a person that has a freshness, a boldness in your life. You have a holy boldness, and you have a desire for great things. Amen? So be open to the Spirit. Let her be, here's a couple things. Signs of being open to the Spirit. This is big. Humility. The recognition that you don't have everything, you don't have everything, and you don't know everything. Humble to say, I don't know everything, and I don't have everything. I want more from God. I need more from God. If you say those things and you mean it, the Spirit of God can work in your life. It's a conscious desire to say, I want to find God wherever He is. Let me tell you about my story, and I've talked about this. A couple stories. When I played football in high school, and I was a younger underclassman and, and the upperclassman, we would, I wasn't quite a varsity material yet. Okay, tackle football, not soccer. I, I, you guys would kill me in soccer. I'd be like, but in tackle football. And so when one of the varsity players would come out, I was on JV sometimes trying to make varsity, when, when some of the varsity players maybe would come out for a play and the coach would say, send somebody in, and we're like, we'd act like, oh, my helmet. And, and, and I remember one time this big guy, his name was Kerry, I mean, he was an all-state player. And he said, if you guys really wanted to play, you'd be jumping out there as soon as the coach said that. And that stuck with me from that point on. And if you really want God, you're going to want to be here every time God is here. Amen? You're not going to be, well, oh, well, you know, and we had something, and oh, you know. Man, you're going you're gonna to make your kids go to bed early on Saturday nights. Gulp. You're going to have breakfast ready by having like something simple. Do you see what I'm saying? You're, you yourself aren't going to stay up all night. You're going to say, man, we've got to be with God. And one of the chances are Sunday morning. You can be with God all week long, I know that. But Sunday morning is going to become important to you. Amen? Yeah. You see, I remember I, I loved it when, I, when we went to Mexico. We were in Chihuahua. And, and we, would, we would say to them, when we were preaching and teaching to the, to the, church, the indigenous church here, we'd say to them, hey, we're going to be at the church. What time does service start? They said service starts at 6 o'clock. Okay, we're going, to be the, we're going to be at 5. Guess what? They were already there at 4 o'clock. 
They were worshiping. They were praying. I mean, we were like, we'd all like, oh man, are we late? Are we late? And our interpreter said, no, no, they're just ready for God. They're hungry for God. And they were worshiping. I mean, worship service was going on already two hours before the service started. When's the last time you and I were that hungry? Come on, church. We say we want the things of God, but our actions are going to prove otherwise. Amen? I love you very much. And I'm telling you, if, if I could just share with you the things that God wants to do, but you and I are not always ready for it. I'm not trying to be mean to you. He is trying to say, you've got to let go of the flesh. You've got to be hungry. And the way to be hungry is you've got to make yourself hungry. Remember I told you, let me give you a secret if you want to lose weight. Stop eating junk. Change your appetite. Remember, remember some of you, you like Wonder Bread. It's not even bread. I don't even know what it is. I'm serious. I can't even eat it. I mean, if you give it to me and you invite me over, I'll eat it happily. And then I'll go home and I'll have a whole wheat bagel or something like that. Because I crave now, I crave good food. I mean, I still love a Chipotle. I mean, I love, I love ice cream. I love donuts still. But I crave, seriously, I crave vegetables. I crave, I crave grains. Now you give me a soda and I get sick. Physically, I'm like, I get sick. If I eat too many cheeseburgers, I love cheeseburgers. I physically get sick. Why? Because I've changed my appetite. And spiritually, if you want to grow, you've got to change your appetite. You've got to cut off CNN and Fox News. You've got to cut off all that junk you watch. Some of those movies you shouldn't even be ready to watch anyway. Some of that music you need, like, I shouldn't be listening to this garbage anyway. Amen? I'm not trying to be funny, Daddy. I'm trying to help God move in your life. And it only comes with you desiring that. You've got to change your appetite. Amen? Let us see. How do I become open to the Spirit? Let me go through the list and I think I have it. How do we become open to the Holy Spirit? Do I have it? Hit the next slide. Yes, right there. Be sure there's no unconfessed sin in your life. Confess your sins. Confess your sins. To be open to the Spirit, it, it, let there be no bitterness or grudge against anyone. Let there be no, well, you don't understand, Pastor, and that family hurt my family 50 years ago. That was 50 years ago. You've got to let that thing rest. Life is too short to hold grudges, Amen. I know, and I know some of you come from different parts of the world where there's a tribal issue. And I know I've mentioned this to you before, but, but when I first got here, I preached at a Korean church, a revival. And God spoke to me because my mom is Korean, and, and, and it's better now, but the, there are some Korean people that still hate Japanese people, and vice versa, because of what happened during World War II. And the Holy Spirit liked me during one of the services at the end of the altar time. He said to me, there are many of you in this room who are still bitter and angry at the Japanese. You need to come and repent. And I'm telling you, I saw all these people, Korean people coming out, some tears in their eyes, repenting because they still had a grudge against Japanese people. And you see, some of you grew up in a country where there was a tribe next to your tribe and you're still angry at that tribe. Or you grew up in a land where, where certain people, where certain things were, were, were you looked down upon. You need to get over that. Because some of you are holding back God's move in your life. And I told you the story. When I was a freshman at Colorado State University, the Soviets shot down a Korean airliner. Some of you remember that, 1983. I was so angry. I was so mad. And it took years for me. And in fact, I thought I was done with that. But every time someone would mention Russians, I wasn't very happy about Russians. I was very angry still. And God began to deal with me. I, I was, had moved to another town, going to another college. And God just, he just, just like the laser God, said, you need to forgive Russians. Like, I What? He says, remember that, that little clipping you have that's still in your possession? About that, you need to let that go. So I ripped that thing apart and threw it away. And I said, God, I forgive the Russians. And you see, some of you, there's still some bitterness holding on somewhere. Family member, a race thing, something that happened. You need to let go of it. Amen? Be sure not to speak against anyone. Just because the world does it, because politicians badmouth each other doesn't mean we should do it. Amen? I'm not saying you need to, like, not say anything, but you need to stop bad-mouthing people. Be sure to have a solid prayer and Bible reading. I, I mean, it. that should be more important than you going out to eat dinner. That should be more important than you doing your taxes. <laughs> so you're like, yeah, that's easy. That should be more important than watching your favorite TV show. Amen? Be sure to have a life of solid prayer, but then walk in, in the light God gives you. The light is His Word. The light is worship services. 
Learn to know the, 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 the Spirit's voice. I'm here to tell you that you can hear the voice of the Spirit, but you have to tune out everything else. You have to begin to say, Spirit, speak to me. You need to begin to distinguish the voice of God from the voice of the world, the voice of the enemy, and your voice. Let me give you a quick, and I know what I'm talking about. The voice of God is always good. The voice of Satan is always destructive. The voice of you is always selfish. The voice of God is always good. It's sometimes tough, but it's always good. The voice of Satan is always divisive. It's always destructive. And your voice is always selfish. What can I get? Me, myself, and I. Do you see what I'm saying? You need to distinguish. And, and your voice is good sometimes, but the devil's voice is never good. Amen? Are you doing okay? You need to develop... Here's the last thing. Would you stand with me? You need to develop a familiarity with God's ways as, and an ability to recognize His presence. You see, sometimes we think, I don't feel God, but God is always present. And there are times you and I don't get in the presence of God, but God is present. He is here even right now. Please would you allow the Spirit to speak to you. He has been, the Holy Spirit has been here since we got here this morning. During our prayer time, during the Sunday school hour, it was powerful. And I think, Lord, do your powerful work in the worship service, in the, in the prayer, in the message, in the altar. I'm just asking the Holy Spirit to tell you what to do right now. The Spirit of God has been all over, all over some of us this morning since the beginning of service. I want you to respond to what the Holy Spirit is saying. Some of you, you need to allow the God, the God of Heaven to cut your ears so He can speak to you. Some of you need to allow the Lord of Heaven to circumcise your mouth, your heart. Would you just begin to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and say, you know what, Pastor, I want all of God. I want my flesh to be circumcised. Would you just come down right now? Say, God has been speaking to me about a thing I've been saying I should be doing. Come on down. Say, I want my ears to be circumcised by the Spirit. I want you to come down. Some of you say, I want my mouth to be circumcised. I want to speak life. I don't want to speak cursing and, and, and blasphemy or griping. I don't want to be negative with my mouth. I want to be positive through the Word of God. Would you come down? Some of you say, my heart needs to be uncircumcised. I'm worried about this and that, and I, I don't want to be worried anymore. I want God to take control of my heart. Come on down. If you need your ears circumcised, you need your mouth circumcised, you need your heart circumcised, you, need to, you want your flesh to be submission to God, I want you to come on down. Come on, Holy Spirit flow right now. Some of you are resisting, and I, I don't want you to come down unless you're ready for the Holy Spirit to come down. Some of you are saying, Pastor Stan, I want revival, but I'm not sure if it's going to happen. Then come on down and say, make it happen. Come on, Holy Spirit flow right now. Come on down. Say, I want my flesh to be submitted to God. I want my 